You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Boys. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Triple Name Sports Show. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Kelly. Joined, as always, in the booth today with me is... Your Jack of all trades, El Jefe Loco. And it's been a while. It's it's finally good to be back, um, to, be, to be warm, finally, uh, but also to be back on campus. Uh, you know, last week, we, ha- we haven't recorded a show in two weeks. Um, we're back again. We're back. We're back. Uh, last week, my, my daughter had the flu, and then this week, we're getting a late start on recording our show because... Um, we got hit pretty hard by a snowstorm here in um, Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, I know at my house I got about eight inches, and I know you're on campus, so you're probably going yeah. stir crazy. Oh yeah, it's I I I don't want to like when I'm up there. I don't want to have to like put on all your gear. Yeah, all my gear to go outside. So I just sit up there and indulge myself on yogurt and crackers. <laughs> and so this morning when I came out, I finally came out of my. My, my hole i went down there and i looked at the uh, i looked at casey who does the omelets and i'm like dude i want some real food <laughs> i'm getting tired of eating crackers i need the real food no more crackers and, and yogurt for me give me meat <laughs> uh, but you know it, it and again we're supposed to get hit by another late round of snow yeah. um this this evening and into tomorrow we're supposed to get another five to eight inches and um if you're familiar with Charleston weather, we hardly ever, it's cold, we hardly ever get snow here. For uh, some odd I mean, reason. like, snow, like, to, of any accumulation, we'll get, like, a one or two inches or a dust or anything like that. And me being a big kid, I love the snow. Um, we not, played out not the, the snow. Not this kind of snow. It's been nice, but it's been really cold. It's been really I, cold. I, I love the snow, too, but I do not like this kind of snow. Like, it was, I think this morning when I when I woke up, it was negative uh, nine. Outside yeah, yeah, at my yeah. house, and um, actually, we had to push our show back even later today because when I woke up, I went to go brush my teeth and you know get my day started, all that, all that stuff, and uh, my pipes were frozen. So everybody's pipes are frozen for some reason. Yeah, I live in um, a part of town where it's Union Carbide used to be really big here. Yeah, and they used to build all these company houses. Well, my my subdivision that I live in is all old company houses built in the fifties, so all of our water comes. All of our water lines come straight from outside into the house. Yeah. From underneath, um, out in our yard. So that froze over with it being negative nine. Um, and I talked to my landlord, and he was like, well, hopefully it'll unthaw today. So my family, uh, we're without water right now, so that's that's always going to be fun. At least we all showered last night. I know everybody's pipes are frozen. I called my mother this morning, and I said, did y'all uh, – managed to drip y'all's water. Mm. She's like, yes, we did. Don't worry. The water is fine. Well, see, that's the thing. We dripped our water, too. We had um, every sink in the house was on um, with, with what, in, what, in what, the middle. What kind, what kind of pipes do y'all have? I have no clue. If, if it's, if it's think, copper. I think they're copper. Yeah, if it's copper or any type of metal, it's really hard. I'm a carpenter. <laughs> I really am. I'm a licensed carpenter. If it's copper or any type of metal, it's going gonna, it's gonna to freeze yeah. real easier. Us, we have PVC pipe. Okay, yeah, and that's harder to freeze up. Yeah, it's harder to freeze up. It can still freeze up, but it's... Not it's as re- likely as the metal. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that was... Um, so that's been fun. So hopefully, hopefully some point between now and Monday when I have to come back to class, hopefully our water is... <laughs> Is unthought, but it's supposed to get cold again it's, um, this weekend. It, as well. It, well, it's it's right now. It's it's the coldest it's supposed to be. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not. It, it's colder this year than it was last year. Last year, I remember and the we had the Arctic freeze last year too. Yeah, the lo- lowest it was I remember was negative two, and the reason why I still remember remember that is because I had a can of pop, and I put it in the windowsill. Uh-huh. I left it there for fifteen minutes. It was gone. It was frozen. It, it was frozen solid. <laughs> we um, we were sitting there, and uh, there's a creek behind my house. It's flooded solid. Last night, I, I finally ventured out. I was going a little stir crazy in the house. And uh, across the the Dunbar Bridge and the the Canal River, large chunks of that's frozen. Yeah. So it, it's kind of cool. It, it's really cool. It's definitely a winter wonder, wonderland, and uh, I, I'm happy about it. Uh, but without further ado, we should probably get into what yeah. we're, yeah, we're here we, to do. Yeah. Before we keep on gabbering about yeah. this, um, we're you know it's the we're going to start talking off about the Mountain East Conference. Um, a couple games, you know, due to the snowstorm, had to be altered. West Virginia State, I know, had a game that was supposed to be taking place yesterday um, against Notre Dame College has been pushed back to Sunday um, at 2 and 4 p.m. So just a quick heads up on that. So there's a game. There's no game today, Friday. There's a game Saturday against Urbana and a game Sunday against Notre Dame. And then we wrap up the season on the 28th against the University of Charleston. Uh, And then, you know, it'll be Mountain East Conference tournament time. Um, With that being said, all – all teams in our conference make the tournament. They the top four teams get the bye. Yeah, and then it's it's five versus twelve, six versus eleven, seven versus ten, eight versus nine. High seeding school will host the the lower seeded school. Whoever wins that then gets to move on to the the tournament down in Charleston. So it's win or win or stay home uh, or win or go home. I guess actually, since the the lower seeded teams will be going on the road. Um, well, that being said, I want to get a quick um, rundown of the conference rankings. Um, also, a quick congratulations uh, to West Liberty University. With their win last night on the men's side, they wrapped up the number one seed in um, Mountain East Conference with the Fairmont State loss as well. Um, as Fairmont State, really no no chance they can catch them in conference play. No. Uh, and with that, I'm going to break it down. I'll, I'll take the men's, and El Jefe Local will give you the women's. Uh, Number one team in the Mountain East Conference for men's basketball as of February 20th, 2015. Number one team is West Liberty University with an overall record of 23-2 and and 18-2 and in conference play. Number two team is Fairmont State University, 17-9 and overall and 14-6 and in conference play. Concord University is coming in at number three with a 17-8 and record overall and a 13-7 and record in conference play. Number four, Glenville State College is 17-9 and overall and 13-7 and in conference play. Number five, Willing Jesuit University, seventeen and eight overall and twelve and seven in conference play. Number six, UC is seventeen and nine overall and twelve and eighteen in conference play. Number seven, Notre Dame College is fourteen and eleven overall and ten and nine in conference play. Number eight, West Virginia Wesleyan College is eleven and fifteen overall and nine and eleven in conference play. Number nine, Shepherd University is thirteen and twelve and eight and eleven overall in conference play. Number 10, West Virginia State University with a 4-22 record overall and 4-14 record in conference play. Number 11, Urbana University at 6-20 overall and 3-17 in conference play. And number 12, UVA-wise, 2-22 overall and 1-18 in conference play. And one thing that's important, um, like I said, top four teams make a get the bye. But that race for that, you know, pretty much second through seventh, that could change with just a hand, you know, with just either team winning out. Yeah. As it's only a game to two games that separate, you know, 
from the second place team to the ninth or eighth place team. Um, one thing that really hurt University of Charleston as they're sitting at in the sixth spot, needing to leapfrog Willing Jesuit and uh, Glenville State, is they were sitting pretty um, at twelve and seven. So it'd have been right where Willing Jesuit is. They lost um, and actually gave West Vir- or University of uh, Virginia Wise their first conference win of the season. They fell to them at home in Charleston. Um, they lost by like two points just a couple of days ago. So you know that's that's. I a bet huge you those UC fans love that one. Yeah, I bet they were they were pretty happy about that as they. Yeah, I mean because you know it's if you if you're able to secure that first round by you automatically move on to the quarterfinals. So I mean that's that's something that's always you know really nice. Um, our conference, where we're a new conference, we're in the second year. We don't have an automatic. We're not an automatic qualifier. We can win an at-large bid mm-hmm. bid for the you know the Division Two national tournament, um, but that expires at the end of this year. Next year we will have the con- the tournament champion will go on to win um, and represent the Mountain East Conference in the tournament. So that'll be that'll be something to look forward to as we move on as a conference. Uh, but I think right now, I think we got a good chance of um, getting West Liberty into the big dance. I also think, you know, even though William Jesuit's number five, they're on like a four-game win streak. So they're, they're, they're getting hot at the right time. So they have a chance to move on and maybe get an at-large bid as well. Um, and like I said, there's three games left in the season. West Virginia State is at home for two of the three games. We play Saturday at 5 and 7 against Urbana University, and that's senior night, so make sure you come out and pack the Walker Communication Center. And then we play sat- Sunday at 2 and 4 um, as we take on Notre Dame College, and then we play the 28th against University of Charleston. And with that, I'm going to toss it over to El Jefe Loco to give you the women's side. Uh, the women's basketball standings as of February 20th, 2015. Uh, standing at number one is University of Charleston, 21 and 5, 16 and 4 in the conference. Below them is Western Liberty University. Was it 18? 18 and 8, sorry. Eight. I'll make that bigger. I'm blind, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> really blind. There you go. Yeah, I'm even wearing glasses right now and I couldn't read the text. Um, number two. Is West Liberty University eighteen and eight overall, fifteen and five in, in conference play. Number three is Shepherd University seventeen and eight overall, fourteen and five in conference play. Below them is Fairmont State. I almost said Florida State. <laughs> Twenty and six overall, fourteen and six in the conference. Below them is William Jesuit University sixteen and seven overall, thirteen and six in the conference. Below them is Glenville State College thirteen and eleven. Uh, overall, eleven and nine in conference play. Below them is Notre, is number Notre Dame sitting in the seventh spot, fourteen and eleven overall, ten and nine in conference play. Number eight is UVA Wise, nine and sixteen overall, eight and eleven in conference play. Number nine is Concord Con- <laughs> Concord University, seven seventeen overall and seven and thirteen in conference play. Below them, number ten. Is Washington State University seven six seven and sixteen overall, five and thirteen in conference in yeah in conference play. Below them is West Virginia Wesleyan College three and twenty overall, three and seventeen in conference play. And to round it all up is Urbana University one and twenty five overall, one and nineteen in conference play. Yeah, so that's that's the standings as of today. You know there was a couple games that were postponed. Um, again, West Virginia State had one that was postponed. Um, I think. 
Concord's game was postponed. Shepard had a postponed game. So you know, uh, those standings will change. You know, at by the end of this weekend, they'll they'll they could be drastically looking different. Um, I'm you know, like I said, I, I, the team Western State's going to have to go on the road. As it stands now, the men will have to go and play Notre Dame College up in um, up in Ohio with a 14 and 11 record and 10 and nine. Overall, or at ten and nine in conference play, so West Virginia State would have to play them and beat them to advance on the men's side. And on women's side, the women's side, West Virginia State University, would, they could just travel together. Um, they're going to have to play Notre Dame as well, fourteen and eleven overall, and ten and nine in conference play. So you know it's going to be it's going to be tough for these teams to advance um, if these standings stay the way they are. Uh, but also, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. Our our teams, have, you know, they've. Our, I, th- I, our, I think, goodness, I can't, I'm tripping over more words. I think our teams, our basketball teams, are a lot better than what their records say. Um, they're getting hot towards the end of the season. They had to deal with injuries um, and stuff like that. So, But, you know, they, they're really working as a team and really building chemistry. And I think next year, you know, don't want to write off this year. Um, you can't hide from our record, but I don't want to say, you know, this year's a total loss. Because, you know, you've gotten guys, especially on the men's side, with the injuries to Marky Mazik, with uh, the departure of Devin Delaney, with Damian Harris, you know, not being eligible to come to the second part of the season. You know, that gave a lot of guys playing time that might not have seen the, the court at the beginning of the season had those three things not happened. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with the record. But, you know, next year we're going to be a better team because these guys are going to have more experience. Um you know, and I said again, the tournament will be take will be hosted by the Charleston Civic Center, and or will be hosted by GoMart at the Charleston Civic Center, March fifth through the eighth. Top four teams earn a bye. First round of playoffs start on campuses, and uh, you win to advance to Charleston. So hopefully, we will be at the Civic Center calling um, some basketball in the not too distant future. Um, one of the good things about our show being pushed back by day. Is yesterday was Thursday, um, February nineteenth. <coughs> Thursday, February nineteenth, as El Jefe Loco dies on yeah. me in the studio. Um, Thursday, February the nineteenth was yesterday, um, and it was the NBA trade deadline at three p.m. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a huge Denver Nuggets fan. We were pretty active. I don't know if I'm going to be a fan of them after this, after yesterday, because a lot of my favorite players are no longer Nuggets. Um, and you're you're a Bulls fan, yes. You're a Bulls fan, um, and with that, we're gonna we're gonna take you through um, the notable trades of yesterday, and um, here we go. I'll kick it off. Um, kind of like LeBron going back home, Kevin Garnett's going back home. He started his career in Minnesota, and the Timberwolves are trading um, to the Brooklyn Nets to acquire Kevin Garnett. They traded power forward Thaddeus Young. Kevin Garnett's <coughs> older. He's he's up there in age. I don't know how much he has left in the tank. Uh, I think this is kind of like one of those last hurrahs going home, finishing out the final eight weeks of the season at home because the Timberwolves, I don't believe, are going to make the playoffs. But, you know, it's good to see him maybe finish his career back home where he started it all. And, uh, you know, he can play with guys like Andrew Wiggins and teach them, you know, how, how to play the game and how to play it with that tenacity. So uh, I like that move right there. And then we have... Miami acquiring Gordon Drag what Dragic Gordon Dragic uh, and then we had have them also yeah it's you his brother yeah you better uh, Zoran Zoran Dragic Dragic okay 
Zord and Drogic, that, that that's fun there. All right. <laughs> uh, Phoenix also acquired Danny Greger and two first round picks from Miami and San Francisco. No, Strong Four. Yeah. Uh, John Salmas from uh, New Orleans. And New Orleans acquired Norris Cole, Justin Hamilton, and Shawnee Williams from Miami. And that was one of the three-team trades. Um, Goran Dragic, um, it was rumored, you know, he went out of, out of Phoenix. He wasn't happy with the way the front office was treating him. Big surprise there was the fact that they were able, that they got rid of his, his younger brother as well. So that's kind of cool that both brothers get to go and now play in Miami, they get to play with, you know, um, Dwayne Wade and, and those guys down there. I like the trade for Miami. I really like the trade for um, Phoenix with them getting Danny Granger and two first-round picks from Miami. Granted, those first-round picks don't happen until 2017 and 2021, so it's going to be a while for the, they can, you know, get players for that. But I really like those, those players right there coming for them. Um, Norris Cole going to the Pelicans. Norris Cole... He's shown flashes, but he's wildly inconsistent, and he's under an expiring contract. And um, it's rumored Sean Williams won't even make the team. They'll buy out his contract. So that's something to watch for. Uh, and this was another exciting um, trade, an unexpected trade, really, as another three-team trade, and there was lots of those yesterday, as it was between Phoenix, Milwaukee, and the Philadelphia 76ers. We have the um, Phoenix Suns. They acquired Brandon Knight from the Bucks and Kendall Marshall from the Bucks, while Milwaukee re- acquired point guard Michael Carter Williams, who was last year's Rookie of the Year from the 76ers, 76ers center Miles Plumley from the Suns, and point guard Tyler Ennis from the Suns. And the 76ers do what they do a lot of, or have been doing a lot of lately. That's just stocking draft picks. Uh, so you know, it's it's kind of hard. There's past two players that they've drafted. Um, between New Orleans Noel and Joel Embiid have been banged up. They haven't even been able to play that much. So, you know, it's hard to sit there if you're a Sixers fan watching them trade away Michael Carter-Williams and all these other pieces uh, for draft picks to use at a later date. Yeah, mate. Make that bigger. Yeah, you might want to. Let's go ahead and make all this bigger. Yeah, it, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I am very <laughs> blind. Okay, Detroit requ- uh, acquired Reggie Jackson from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Oklahoma City acquired Enos Cantor from the Jazz, Steve Novak from the Jazz, DJ Augustine from the Pistons, and Cal Singler from the Pistons. And Utah acquired Kendrick Perkins from Oklahoma City, Grant Jarrett from Oklahoma City, and rights to Timber Plices, I think. Tibber Pice uh, draft picks. And again, it's just another one of those things where they traded these. It's a lot of three-team trades. And um, I know that I was following these on Twitter, and uh, a lot of the commentators um, from like ESPN and Fox Sports were like, if you're a fan of NBA 2K, you got to be a fan of today's um, trade deadline because that's – have you ever played it? Do you play any um, NBA 2K? I tried, I tried playing basketball games, period. I never got into them. I tried so hard. I, I, I was always good at playing football games because mm-hmm. I could be dominant. But then when I tried playing basketball games, I couldn't be dominant, and I didn't like it. And that's, that's really weird. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, I can beat some people because I'll play online every once in a while. I can beat some people. But then I'll lose to other teams by like ninety points, and I'm just like, oh my god, what did I do? Like I just like I'm looking at my hands like just in disgust, be like I'm ashamed <laughs> of you guys. 
because like you said, you know, I can play Madden and NCAA with with the best of them, and I'm I'm very very pretty good at it. And then I get on NBA 2K, and I'm just I'm garbage. It's kind of there's no better way to you know put it. It's kind of like the whole FIFA thing right now. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm god awful at, at the FIFA games. Um, I haven't played in several years, so maybe maybe I've gotten better. Um, but the last time I played, I, I lost this team like ten to nothing, and that was before you could play online against people. So that tells you how long ago that was. I was just playing against a computer, and the, I was playing on easy too. And but I was I got dominated. I'm just no good at it. No, no. Me, me coming from a gamer, they, the games actually do look good and they have good mechanics. Oh, they're beautiful games. Yeah, yeah, but they, no, they're not for me. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it either. Um, another three-team trade, this time between the Pistons, the Suns, and the Boston Celtics. Boston's, Boston acquires point guard Isaiah Thomas from the Suns, um, power forward Jonas Yerbeko, and shooting forward or small forward Luigi Datome from the Pistons. Phoenix Suns acquire shooting guard Marcus Thornton and a 2016 first round pick, and Detroit acquire Detroit Detroit acquires um, shooting forward Tayshon Prince. So the Prince of the Palace comes back home to to um, Detroit. So that's that's another one of those feel good stories as he's coming back from the Celtics. And then we have uh, Portland acquires Aaron Afalalo. And Alonzo G. And Denver acquires Thomas Rob- Robinson, Will Barton, and Victor Clever and a 2016 first-round pick. I will save my, my little rant about the Nuggets till we get through this, but I've got, I've got a little rant about this. Thomas Robinson, they already bought out his contract, so he's not even on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of either Will Barton or Victor Clever. Um, the best thing about this is the 2016 first-round pick. So, I mean, you know, maybe we'll get some, some good talent. <laughs> um, the Rockets and the Knicks are doing a little trade, and this is one of the – I think we're done with the three-team trades. As Houston will acquire Pablo Pergoni, and New York acquires Alexi Shved, and two second-rounders. Um, what is mind-boggling about this trade right here? Um, not so much Alexi Shved for, for Pergoni, because, you know, player for player – that's you know that's pretty normal, but Pergoni is thirty seven years old. He can't have much leg, much legs, much tread left on those tires. And to give up Shved and two second round picks for Pergoni, Houston must have seen something they really liked there. Yeah, uh, and then we have <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, and then we have uh, no we then we have the seventy sixers and the Rockets uh, trading as well. Uh, Houston acquires KG McDaniels, while Philadelphia acquires Isaiah Cannon and second round pick, an A second round pick. The Kings and Wizards swap point guards. Um, I love this pickup for for Sacramento. They just hired George Carl as their coach, a great coach. Um, used to coach coach the Nuggets, uh, and just really a big fan of his coaching style and the way he can make garbage teams perform like pieces of gold. Um, and he's got a great team out there, and this move right here just makes him takes him one step closer to being elite. Uh, Sacramento they acquire old man um, YMCA baller Andre Miller, while Washington acquires Ramon Sessions. I a lot of people rag on Andre Miller about being you know oh he's an old man he's washed up he only has one move that he can do and he but he can do that one move extremely well. You know he did it he did it when he was in Denver with with George Carl. 
and then George Carl gets fired, and then they trade Andre Miller to the Wizards. Andre Miller does great stuff out there in D.C. George Carl gets hired by the Kings, and then they trade Ramon Sessions for Andre Miller, and I think that right there is it's going to be one of the better trades of this of this um, trade deadline period. And this right here, this is this is um, this is the trade that hurts me. I'll, I'll let you take it. As we have the um, Philadelphia and Denver Nuggets trading again, Philadelphia is going to acquire center JaVale McGee, 2015 Oklahoma City first-round pick, top 18 protected, and rights to Chuck Chukwudeberry Madubam. Um, sorry, Mr. Madubam, if I butchered your first name. Uh, but they, the 76ers own your rights now. So I could, uh, I could have... From here, his name looks like Chuck Weiser. <laughs> and Denver acquires the rights to Sink Akul. Um I love JaVel McGee. He's always on Shaq and a fool, though, because he he's got he's he makes a lot of mistakes. He's supremely talented. He's got he's got the height. He's been banged up these past few years. Um, when he first got traded to the Nuggets for Nene, who I was a huge fan of Nene's game um, between the when the Wizards dealt McGee for Nene. Um, that was the trade right there that um, that really cost Carl his job, and I'll, I'll talk more about that in, in just a few. And then we have the Pelicans get Smith uh, from Oklahoma City. Fix the font. <laughs> New Orleans acquires uh, guard Ish Smith. The rights to Latavius Williams. And cash considerations and draft considerations. And Oklahoma City acquires draft considerations. Those, I always hate when it's worded like that with the draft considerations. Because, I mean, you don't know what they're getting, and it's kind of hard, especially for what we're doing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, they they may get this, or they might get that. So, like, Mm -hmm. I always say, but, I mean, I understand why it's there. It's kind of like the mock draft. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but they just keep putting their two stints into it. So, you're a big fan of the mock draft? I've been following it. I'm I'm a huge fan of the mock draft. I follow them, like, as soon as the season ends. I follow them, like, right after the draft (laughs) starts. Like, right after the draft ends, I'm like, all right, who are we going to get next year? Like, I'm pretty obsessive about it. Um, but yeah, the mock drafts. I think I think we should try to do one for our, for our listeners and invite them to you know maybe have a contest to where we can invite them to see whoever gets the first round closest. Uh, maybe that's something we can toy with because um, that that's coming up soon. Oh yeah, there, there's a lot of a uh, there's a there's a lot of speculation about who's going to be that first pick. Have you seen the pictures of Jameis Winston? I have not yet. <laughs> All right. Earlier in this week, you know, Fat Tuesday was Tuesday, which is yeah. the start of, you know, it's the... Mardi Gras. Yeah, it's the... And, and then Lent starts Wednesday for, for Christians, Catholics, and whoever else follows Lent. Um, whoever's in part, whoever's partying in New Orleans. They did a, um, you know, Fat Tuesday's Tuesday. You know, you know who Jared Lorenzen is? mm Okay, he was this quarterback that played at the University of Kentucky. He was every bit of 300-plus pounds. He's a quarterback. Yeah, he's a quarterback. He looks like an offensive lineman, but he's a quarterback. He can run, he can throw the ball, he can do everything. He gets drafted by the Giants. He plays the, for the Giants for a few years. Well, now at, play, at quarterback. Yeah, now he plays arena football um, for the Kentucky River Monsters. Uh, he broke his leg last year, but he's he's working to come back this year. But anyway, Fat Tuesday, you know, if you hear it, you would think you might think, oh, just fat guys. <laughs> well, this is Fat Guys Tuesday. It's, their, it's appreciation for fat guys. So Jerry Lorenzen sent out a tweet. And he said, in honor of Fat Tuesday, um, here's who who wore it better. Who wore the fat better? And they had a picture of Jared Lorenzen, um, 
in his jersey. And they have a picture of Jameis Winston um, throwing shirtless at some on some football field. I don't know if it's in Florida or California. And he's he's put on a gut. It's got the guy behind him. Yeah. He's, yep. Okay. Yeah, he's got the guy. He's got the guy behind him. He's got the gut. He's shirtless. That did not look like Winston. <laughs> he's in there somewhere. <laughs> it did not. It did not look like Winston. He's put on quite a few pounds. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who goes first, either Marriott or Winston. Uh, but anyway, what I want to get back on the topic of this basketball real fast. <laughs> we went. To, we went to football. Well, let's go back to basketball. <laughs> let's, let's get back to football. No, let's, um, <laughs> basketball. You know, like I said, I'm a huge fan of George Carl. I like his his coaching style. Um, he can, like I said, he can turn nothings, a whole bunch of nobodies, into a whole bunch of somebodies real quick. And my team, the Denver Nuggets, they kind of they kind of forced his hand and, and fired him when they he didn't want to trade Dene away for JaVale McGee. Uh, it caused a rift there. They overplayed. They have overpaid players. Um, they're they've just gutted their team again. You know, getting rid of getting rid of McGee, getting rid of Alonzo Gee, getting rid of um, Aaron Aflalo, and you know they were even talking about trading away Wilson Chandler. There's been talks about trading away Kenneth Fareed. And you know, there's just there's nothing there to be happy about in Denver. So I'm I'm changing my allegiance to to the uh, basketball league. I am now either going to be a 76ers fan or a Hornets fan. So you heard it here, folks. I've changed my affiliation. I'm either going to be a, I might be both. You know what? I'll be Sixers and Hornets fan. Just a fan of East Coast basketball. You got you got some guts being a 76ers fan. <laughs> I do. They've they've been bad for a while, but I I like I said I really love I really like the style that. JaVale McGee plays, and I really like what they're doing with stockpiling these draft picks. I think they're going to be able to get a lot of a lot of young talent, and hopefully these next few years, these these young talent um, draft picks will be able to you know make it out on the court and stay healthy. I like Nerlens Noel. I like Joel Nimbid. Um, I you know I'm just I'm really excited. I'm really excited for, uh, for these final eight weeks of basketball. Uh, and with that, um, I think that's all the basketball talk we have unless some pops up in the bad news segment. But without further ado, we're going to get right into the bad news segment. Well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Let me fix my font for Mr. El Jefe Loco. Uh, while I was reading, you should have just like done the whole thing. I should have. Just here, 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 Jeff. Take let's, let's turn this into a 47-page document. <laughs> We just turned it from a five-page to a 45-page. That's how blind I am. <laughs> he gets about three words per page. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go first. All right. Our first story oh, is, is basketball. <laughs> well, here we are, basketball again. Uh, NBA journeymen, usually if they have any type of game, can take uh, their talents overseas once the NBA teams quit calling, and that is exactly what Vaughn Wafer Seven teams from 2005-2012, and Jeremy Tyler, three teams, 2011-2014, did when they landed uh, a roster spot on the Shanghai Ziong, Ziong Brave Dragons of the Chinese Basketball Association. Things were a little crazy in a game played last week between the Brave Dragons and the Kingdom. Kido Double Star Eagles. Wow, they have mo- they have elaborate names. They for really this. do. <laughs> like us, we just put one name. Like like we have a basketball. Bears, the Bucks. Yeah, we have a we have a team called the Pelicans. All right, they, the Double Star Eagles. It does sound cooler though. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
Today we have a matchup between the Brave Dragons and the Double Star Eagles. Let's let's take like the the names for the, let's take the names and the teams from the Chinese Basketball Association and put them in NBA arenas. That way it looks packed. I was watching that video earlier and it, I was like, is this a high school game? <laughs> is this a charity event? Anyway. Furthermore, this game was crazy and ended with both Wafer and Tyler being ejected from the game. Wafer earned his ejection by blatantly punching a member from the other team in the nether region. After he was sent to the bench, he kept the party going by throwing chairs into the stands. Tyler, in warm-ups, challenged uh, Hamid Haddadi to a fight after two teams were both on the floor during warm-ups prior to tip-off. And, you know, you... You said you watched the video and stuff. That that game was pretty physical. Yeah. You saw, like, one guy get put in a headlock and thrown to the court. He, put, he, he punched that one guy straight in the gabba, and it was... Yeah, and it's, like, and like the refs didn't even act like they... Like the refs, I don't know what they do over there. But, um, it, yeah, it was it was definitely a very <laughs> physical style of basketball. And, um, yeah. See, I, I've been watching a lot of... I, ever since I've been snowed in, uh, have you ever heard of Just Kidding News? No, they're they're on YouTube and, and they they're hilarious. They find these crazy stories and they sit there and talk about them. Well, they've done this one about China. And, well, they're they're all Asian American. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, one of them he even came from Vietnam, but they was sitting there they talking about China and there was this uh, lady who was a mistress and she got jumped by four four or five other girls, and there was a video and she was just getting the you know what beat out of her, and they said they looked at the article. And the people, the the journalists from that particular from China said, "Oh, well, this happens on a daily basis. So maybe that's why they didn't react that way. May, th- this is a daily thing. You Americans are just missing out." <laughs> um, moving right along, champion powerboat racer. This is the first we've had middle school basketball. Uh, now we have powerboat racing. Yes. So you know we're we're pretty. Uh, it's kind of like the wild world of sports here. Yeah. The triple M Sports Show. We'll cover anything and everything. <laughs> um, he faked his own death. Uh, surrenders to authorities. Late last July, Andrew Biddle and a friend cooked up an idea of faking Andrew's death to avoid his legal troubles. Last summer, the two were allegedly in, a, in Biddle's powerboat when all of a sudden the boat hit a buoy off of Longport, New Jersey. The friend swam to shore and swore he hadn't seen Biddle since the crash, sparking an 18-hour search and rescue mission using both boats and helicopters. Since no body was ever recovered, the police widely believed that Biddle had indeed faked his own death. The reason for doing so has everything to do with the fact that he and his friend Tracy Bloomstein, and that's the guy that was in the boat with him as well, were having their business investigated by the feds. The duo owned professional boat sales in Egg Harbor, New Jersey, where they were being investigated for scamming numerous customers. Weep not, though, for Andrew Biddle. Uh, he lives, and earlier in the week, he suddenly reappeared to surrender himself over to the police after being dead for seven months. His lawyer told the Philadelphia Inquirer that Biddle voluntarily returned from wherever he was when he probably could have stayed there forever, adding that in a phone call last week, he said he wanted to step up and do the right thing. Um, and, and, you know, after glancing the article, they were talking about some of the things they did. They sold a, a faulty engine to a boat mechanic um, after claiming the engine was brand new, never been used. And the, it's been, it was used over 150 hours. Yeah. They, uh, they sold a pontoon boat. Um, with Something was wrong with the pontoon boat for like $20,000. They sold a guy a trailer and then never gave him the trailer. Yeah. Like, they just, they were just really shysters. They was like Eddie off of <laughs> Ed and Eddie. Yeah, yeah. 
trying to get all that money for the jawbreakers. Oh yeah. But yeah, so good to see that you know he's he's back from the dead. Yeah. Maybe he's patient zero. Maybe he's a zombie. Well, maybe he you know he, maybe he's got the powers like the Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. He just you know he yeah. he gets knocked out for like, seven months and then you know a couple months before WrestleMania he just rises from the dead. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Like when the Undertaker was. Do you remember, like, during that Attitude Era? I know I'm older than you, but when Paul Bearer and him, and he was, like, the Prince of Darkness. Yeah. He used to scare the crap out of me okay. as a kid. Like, I used to, th- like, in the Acolytes yeah. with uh, Farouk and Ahmed Johnson and um, I can't think of the other guy's name, but they used to scare me to death. I watched I watched the uh, I watched Attitude Era as well. I I remember it a lot for odd reason because I watched it when I was like three years old, mm-hmm. and my dad used to laugh at me because I was terrified of the Undertaker. I, I when he when I would hear that dong yeah. when I would hear that I, you would just see me just take off through <laughs> the house and I would just like go up underneath my covers and just no I'm not coming out till till his match is over no no yeah, he he used to really scare me and I I mean that's that's good I mean not that. It scared me, but that's good that you know he was able to get that far into character. Oh yeah, he, so, I mean he's a great he's a great not only athlete but also a great performer as well. Oh yeah, he he hardly he hardly ever breaks character. Do, do you still watch wrestling? I tend to from that every now and then. My brothers are they still watch it, but me I'm just like it's too flashy now. It, I'm the circles. It's all It's all cycle the stories. Yeah. So you know you'll see stuff. You know they'll just change the names of the people that are involved in it. Yeah, but I mean. When the WWE first network network first came out, I, I got it ten dollars a month. Um, if I wanted to watch pay per view, as long as I watched one pay per view, it paid for itself because you got all the pay per views plus all this great um, you know all these great shows and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, what was I gonna? Oh, the reason I asked, um, you know, superhero movies are pretty popular. Uh, did you see who's gonna play the Aquaman? Who's gonna play Aquaman? Mm-mm. It's gonna be. Um, What's his name? Um, Who would want to play Aquaman in the first? He movie? actually is really, uh, really, really looks really good. It looks really awesome. Um, I'm with you. I wouldn't. Aquaman's not really the coolest superhero to play, um, but it's. Gosh. Um, okay. Have you watched wrestling recently? I've I've watched bits and pieces. Not mean to out you here on on. I, I I've watched bits and pieces of it. Okay. Um, God, what is his name? The, the guy who, who does the Superman punch. He's got the long hair. You know what I'm talking about? Roman Reigns? Yeah, Roman Reigns. Oh. He's going to play Aquaman. Really? And it looks really awesome. Really? It looks really awesome. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Well, I, I after I heard that, after the whole Royal Rumble thing and, yeah. and everybody just... Just dogged Losing it. their stuff. Yeah, just dogged the WWE. So, you know, a lot of people canceled their subscriptions because Roman... Yeah. Just because Roman Reigns won... I looked it up. Roman Reigns is okay. You remember Rosie? Mm-hmm. That's his older brother. Really? Yes. And that and he's cousins to The Rock and Rikishi. Yeah, they're all all the guys that all, I mean, all these all, huge looking Samoan guys. Yeah, they're all like, related. Like like Umaga. Yeah. is is in that family. Yeah, Yokozuno. And also um, the twin, the two brothers, um, the Usos. The Usos. The Usos are all related to those guys as well. Yeah, it's it's a giant. Yeah, wrestling family like it's bigger than the hearts. Yeah, it's and and it's really huge. And also, Roman Reigns also played in the NFL for a while yeah. as well. So I mean, I like I said, I'm not going to be a huge fan of Aquaman. 
but you know this it looks really awesome uh i'll definitely hey, give it a shot are they are they going through they're going through dc yeah, not not to, DC. not like not like wwe films no no no. it's gonna be dc and i think it's gonna be the justice he's gonna be in the justice league movie i've heard so, I've, heard, I've heard bits and pieces about that so that's gonna be really cool they, if i was dc they better step it up because if they don't if they don't do something marvel's gonna take over that market yeah anyway after we got done talking about after, our, <laughs> after we nerded out for a little bit <laughs> um all right Moving back on basketball news. All right, Kobe Bryant is a notorious bad teammate, and he usually goes after the big man who helped him rack up all the wins scattered throughout his career. The three most notable beefs between the Black Mamba and the Bigs would have to be Shaq, Dwight, uh, Dwight Howard, and the most recent one to come to light, the mailman Carl Malone. Carl Malone and Kobe were teammates for one season in 2004, as Carl was. Cha- chasing a ring. Apparently, Kobe also believed that Malone was in town for more than a title, as he allegedly made a pass at Kobe's wife, Vanessa. Carl Malone is a big man, and loves westerns and hunting. So, Kobe was wise never to provoke him at the end of the interview, which can be seen at Huffington Post's website, uh, Malone adds, that he doesn't want a war, but he's ready for one. And that all... That although he is uh, 52 now, he still stands six foot nine and weighs 250 pounds exactly. Another shout out to wrestling is this shows heavy with wrestling today. Um, Carl Malone was actually on a WCW pay per view for a while. Yeah, he was a wrestler. Um, him and Eric Bischoff teamed up against Dennis Rodman, and who did who was Rodman with? Rod, they wrestled a couple times. Jay Leno was in it, and that was when WCW was kind of towards the end of their. their they, peak. they was they was just they was just bringing in random people. Yeah, it, David Arquette was their champion for like a month, <laughs> and like, it was after the movie "Let's Get Ready to Rumble." Mm-hmm. It, great movie, great movie. I love. Have you ever seen it? I have not seen it. I, I highly suggest you watch it. It's really a, a a great movie. It's not like I don't think it won any awards or anything. It's not like <laughs> that kind of great movie. But if you're a fan of wrestling, it's kind of like The Warrior. Yeah, have you ever seen it? Um, I don't. I don't think so. It's it's about it's about MMA fighting. It's mm-hmm. two brothers. It is literally a guy chick, chick flick. I cried at the end. <laughs> I cried at the end. I wanted to get a box of chocolates and wrap them in a blanket. I was that cry. <laughs> and also, I, I wanted to dip my uh, chocolates into adult beverages, but that's a different story <laughs> because this is a man's flick. But no, did you also hear about what about Carl Malone calling out Brock Lesnar? No, he called out Brock Lesnar. They was uh, he was on Fox Sports One, uh-huh. and they was interviewing him, and they said, um, uh, would, "Would he said, would you want to make a return to to wrestling to wrestle Dennis Rodman?" He was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I want the I want the WWE." He said, if I, "Here's the thing: if I ever make a return, I'm gonna make it with the WWE." And the guy and the 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 host was like, "Okay, I'm your manager. Who you gonna call out?" He said, "I want Brock Lesnar <laughs> straight out." He's like, "I want Brock Lesnar. I want him now." <laughs> I think Brock Lesnar would kill Paul Malone. Oh yeah. Okay. There's a reason why they call him the Beast. Yeah, Brock Lesnar is definitely you know he, his MMA career didn't quite pan out as way they thought it would. Uh, he's he's still but, won I mean, a championship. He's, yeah, he's yeah, and also CM Punk reached out to Brock Lesnar to help train him because CM Punk's about to make his uh, UFC or MMA de- debut. So I mean that's that's kind of cool, uh, and, and it's also kind of a huge shout out to Brock Lesnar and you know the fact that he's able to have such influence. On, on all these guys to have that much respect that they want, you know, they want a, either a piece of him or want his help in getting ready for, for the hell that is MMA. And I'm not gonna lie, like I don't mean to rag on MMA, but like, the first couple, like I have a buddy who's really big into it, and like 
the first couple ones I watched, I was like, and he used to pick on us and be like, man, wrestling's so like, so like dumb, like it's so fake. And the first like MMA pay per view I watched, um, it was just guys holding each other in the middle of the ring, like you know, it's a submission move. And I mean, it it, it is tough. Could could I beat even the worst MMA fighter in a fight? Probably not. No, no. But I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect their sport or whatever. But to me, it's just you know, for people who say, "Oh, wrestling's you know, wrestling's you know, wrestling's dumb or wrestling childish or wrestling's fake," wrestling serves its purpose. It is what it is. Is it fake? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But those wrestling schools. Yeah, but they have to be able to perform these moves and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just um, great respect for MMA. Not for me. Not a big fan of watching. I, 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 uh, I watch. I watch a lot of wrestling. I watch a little bit of UFC. Um, I've just started. I, I watched it a few weeks ago after the whole AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it with my cousin, and um, that we, reason why we was wanting to watch that is: Have you heard of Conor McGregor? No. The, it's this. He's this new guy. He's from Ireland, and this kid is mean. Like I seen him. This this kid is so much is such backwoods. The guy he was facing was Russian. You couldn't look at this guy and tell he was Russian. He was calling him German. He's I'm gonna beat this little German. Are you already drunk? <laughs> and he and they they done this this documentary on him, and he comes from like the hills of of Ireland, and it. it it's awesome. I'll have to definitely check that out. Oh yeah, it, it it is. It's it's great. But I I watch I watch a little bit of MMA. I mean, I watch it every once in a while. I'm just not like I said. I'm not a huge like not a super fan. Like, and I mean, I'm not a huge super fan of wrestling either by any means. No, um, not like not like I used to. Yeah, but I think every every guy goes through that phase when they were a kid. Some people don't grow out of it. I have I have a few friends who still still are super heavy into it, and that's cool. That's awesome. That's your hobby. That's what you're into. More power to you. But um, I just I don't have the time for it. My daughter likes to watch it, so we'll watch it every once in a while. But uh, I, I've been trying to get my mom to do WWE Network thing. It, I mean, if you watch one pay per view, it pays for itself. Yeah, in I all mean, honesty, they bought that the Royal Rumble pay per view. Probably and, like every bit of seventy bucks. Oh yeah, it was fifty bucks. Yeah. And I told her, I said that what? I said I remember like five years ago when that thing was about fifteen or twenty. Yeah. And and WrestleMania was the one that was fifty. I was like, I don't even want to know what the price of that one is. Oh yeah, no, they, like that's the thing, and that's one of the huge. That's why WWE Network was so smart in doing it. They've lost a lot of money like through pay per views because of it. But you know, you get everybody to pay ten dollars a month, whether they tune in or not, they're still paying you your ten dollars. Yeah. And if you're a fan of wrestling, you're paying one hundred and twenty dollars for the year. That's the cost of three pay per views. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're you'd be foolish not to, and it comes with so much, you know, archive footage, you know, of the old y'all, wrestling organization. Y'all are getting free advertisement right you now. You are WWE Network. You are getting huge um, free plugs here. This is the WWE uh, segment, or right, this is bad news. <laughs> bad news brought to you by the WWE Network. <laughs> hopefully that, we don't be, get. That, hopefully we don't get sued. I, it'd be awesome if we got sponsored. Yeah, <laughs> I'm brought to you by the WWE. <laughs> And, uh, Formerly the WWF, which was better. I really liked it when it when it, the whole Attitude Era. Yeah, but that's when I grew up. Uh, you know, you tend to like things that you remember from your childhood. Oh yeah, Steve Austin, that was my favorite. <laughs> um, Auburn's head football coach Gus Malzahn is facing a bit of controversy on campus as two of his players are alleged to have verbally um, accosting or alleged to have verbally accosted um, a dog, a service dog, excuse me, uh, mocking her, kissing at her. Hissing and um, just just really pestering the service animal. 
Um, the target of the player's ire originally was Ashley Ozert's uh, service dog. Ashley Ozert has the service dog to help her with her PTSD, which stems from being sexually assaulted during her time in the Air Force. When Ozert asked them to stop, the players to stop, Duval said the players, and this is uh, her a spokesperson for the um, training academy that um, trained Ashley's service animal. Duval said the players insulted her with profanity. Ashley attempted to go about the rest of her day as normal as possible by attending classes, but was unable to do so once her PTSD kicked in and just went home. The two players have been identified and wish to apologize to Ashley Ozert. The apologies didn't end there as Auburn University's head football coach Gus Malzahn and assistant athletic director of football David Gunn also called to her to apologize. That right there, um, you know, it, it's good of the assistant athletic director and the head football coach to call. And later on the article, it talks about how they know who the players are and they're doing an investigation to, you know, to take make sure they take the appropriate, you know, reaction to this. That right there, you know, Anytime you anytime you see a service animal, um, you know they they have a job to do. You should you should let them you yeah. should let them be. They're they're not a pet. They're not you know they're not there to be you know to to entertain you. They're there to help this person with whatever their their limitation or whatever their needs may be. Um, I know at my job we've had a couple service animals come in to our restaurant and um, you know it's at first it's a little it's a little different when you when you go to wait a table and there's a a German Shepherd sitting right there, um, but you know they're, they're there. They're there to do a job, and you know the people that need them, especially soldiers who are suffering from PTSD. You know when these animals can help them out like that. You know, the, leave them alone. Let them let them go about their day. Yeah. It, here, here's here's the thing. All right, I'm not I'm not trying to get uh, people to feel sorry for me in any way, shape, or form. Um, I I suffer from a mild form from um, uh, from mild PTSD basically. It's not as bad as some people like I get fidgety and everything. But I, I do. I I I I uh found out a couple years ago that I do have PTSD and it's a ve- it's a mild form of it and it's not fun. It's not fun. I I there's certain things and I know what my triggers are, mm-hmm. but when I go into those triggers, you can't you 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 can't. You have to basically isolate yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've had to do that. I've had to isolate myself and it's it's not fun. And when you got somebody who does have a very strong form of PTSD like my father had he he was he went to Vietnam. He fought in the Vietnam War. Um, he had a very strong uh, degree of PTSD. My mother would wake up in the middle of the night and basically hear my dad calling out uh, some of his friends in the war. And sometimes she'd wake up and have her, have his hands around her neck. So when you're messing with somebody, especially a service dog, and you're fidgeting somebody who does have PTSD, you, that's no, that's that is not cool at all. Yeah, most definitely. So hopefully Auburn will do the right thing here. Um, you know, like I said, it was good that they they issued an apology and called to make sure um, that they you know that they extended their apologies to to this young lady. Um, but you don't want to say you know to be like okay, well these guys need 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 thrown off the team. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, they're young kids in college. You know, they're eighteen, nineteen years old, but they do need to be made to understand what they did. And how it affected, you know, not only this woman, but, you know, had there been somebody else with, you know, a different, because it, it goes on to say in the article that she she just left and went to a quiet place and, and cried to herself for 30 minutes. Had it been somebody who had a violent trigger or a more violent, you know, way of responding to their trigger, those two guys could have been in a lot more a lot more shape than just, you know, getting yeah. getting reprimanded. So not only for that reason, but also, you know, 
people people need to understand, you know, that our veterans of, you know, our wars and, and even police officers that have PTSD or anybody who suffers from it, you know, you need to treat them with respect and give them, you know, their their needed, you know, whatever accommodations they need. No, it's, it's it, like I said, it's not fun. It's it's really not. I didn't know I had it. And then, uh, and then you know, the, my, my, my psychiatrist set me down. She said, okay, this, and then she explained everything to me. And I was like, okay, now I can start seeing it. Now I can see why this happens, mm-hmm. why this always triggers. She's like, now you know what you got to do. And it's not fun. It's really not. And do you you got any uh, yes. bad news stories? Yes, I do. I, I, I do. I have um, I have one. All right, and it involves Twitter and NFL players. Okay, okay. Um, did you hear about RG three and and a, a Twitter fight that he got into? Basically, I heard Kaepernick's Twitter fight. Yeah, Kaepernick got into a Twitter fight. RG three got into a Twitter fight as well. Okay, I didn't hear to- about Ka- uh, okay. RG 3s was basically the same thing as Kaepernick's. Uh-huh. You know, uh, a, a fan got on there, an angry fan about the football season. Um, obviously, the Washington Redskins are a lot more angrier than the 49er, 49ers fans. But, no, they, you know, basically same thing. Got on there, questioned his uh, his training ethics and his work ethic and, and everything. And, really, the RG3 thing, the only thing that was on there uh, was him. He put out a vine of him singing Billie Jean. While, oh, okay. Yes, I did hear about this. Yes, while driving to, I, I, I think it was he was driving to work or, or driving to a community event. He was driving to something, mm-hmm. uh, something that was actually meaningful. And he was just, you know, he he was just being him, Having he, a, and, relaxing time. Yeah, yeah. And he just, and, and the 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 fan is in both cases, the fans are getting on there and they're they're, they're talking down to these players and they're basically telling them, "Hey, what what you, why are you acting like this? You you're you be doing this to get yeah, better and stuff like that." Yeah, yeah, stuff like that and. I think I think it's I think honestly it's out of line because these guys have a life as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're called trolls for a reason. Yeah. Uh, the guys that you know egg people on um, Kaepernick. Uh, did RG three respond to the guy? Yes, he did. Did he? Okay. Uh, I know Kaepernick. You know, basically went and told the guy he was like, you know, you're you're. A, he basically called the guy a loser, and then the guy ended up. He had eight followers. He said, "You're a you're a." You have eight followers. Your family doesn't want to even follow you on Twitter. Uh, readjust your life or something like that is what Kaepernick said. And then the guy's, like, Twitter blew up, and he gained, like, something like 120 fans or something like that, or 120 followers uh-huh. in just a short period of time. And I, I think it's even gone up farther than that. Um, but, yeah, you know, you when you're out there on social media, you know, you you got to watch what you say. Yeah. I, you got to watch what you say, especially there's more um, – there's more – you can get yourself in more trouble if you're an athlete than if you're just if say me or you hack you know haggle a you know heckle a fan. We're not going to get you know the book thrown at us by by meet by the um, you know by social media and by the general population as well as much as you know uh, Colin Kaepernick or you know a famous athlete who's. Still, Comes in like backfires. Actually, now, now, now I see why. Mar- now, now I see why Marshawn Lynch doesn't want anything to do with, with do with do with the media. Now I know why he doesn't. because <laughs> because my question is, do 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 fans really truly have to go this far in it? I'm a huge Marshall fan. I'm a huge huge uh, Indianapolis Colts fan. You know, and I I don't get on there and and question these guys. I mean, even though we had awesome seasons for both teams, but mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm a Marshall fan. We've had horrible Bad seasons, seasons yeah. horrible seasons, and I still, you know, you, you shrug it off and you go on. Yeah. I mean, if anybody needs to be mad, it needs to be the Raiders. 
and you don't see them complaining about this. That's one thing. Like, I'll, I'll get on Twitter, like, uh, and I'll I'll voice my frustration. Like, um, if I'm watching like a Ravens game, and there's, um, I used to do it a lot towards Michael Orr. I would never <laughs> mention him directly. Like, never put the at Michael Orr. You, you never tag them. Yeah, I would never tag him, but I would always. Uh, our, my nickname for him was False Start Orr because he was he was. That's all he constantly did when he played for the Ravens. Um, but you know, I never took it to the player. I never, you know, tagged them in it. I would, I would voice my frustration with fellow Ravens fans, and it would go that far. But it would never, I would never call it a player, especially, you know, it's the off season. These guys aren't like out, you know, checking themselves into rehab like Johnny Manziel. They're not getting busted for failing a drug test like Josh Gordon. These guys are out there putting in work to better yeah. their craft. Or RG three, you know, he's going to a community function to help, you know, for a cause, and he's not doing anything stupid or wrong. He's Showing you, he's a person. He's singing Billy Jean. They have a life outside, <laughs> off the field, um, and just like you know, you wouldn't want to, like say for us, for existence, example, you know, us send out a tweet, something completely silly, you know, just at the park with, you know, for my example, at the park with my daughter. I wouldn't want somebody to be like, oh, you're at the park with your daughter. You should be in the studio working on your voice, or you should be doing this or that, or you know. And it, so, I mean, that's that's the kind of way I look at it. You let the guys have a life. You know, it, yeah. it's not the football season. Calm down. No, it, it's not even it's not even spring training yet. Yeah, okay? calm, calm down, guys. Hey, I know. It, the only time I ever tagged anybody, and I told you about this, was the college football uh, playoff committee, and I called them out, and they wouldn't, they didn't want to say nothing to me. That's the only time I ever tagged anybody, and they are not athletes. Okay, <laughs> they just sit up there. They sit on their throne of lies. Yeah, they're just throne of lies. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think that's going to do it for our bad news segment. As we get ready to. Um, Take you now into the snap jab segment. All right, snap jabs. Uh, it's been a rough past few weeks as the sporting world um, lost greats like University of North Carolina coach and legendary coach Dean Smith, NFL Films creator Ed Sable, and UNLV running Rebels head coach Jerry Tarkanian. Not to take any anything away from the other legends that passed, but this story will set its focus on Coach Tark, who had stints as an NBA coach but is mostly remembered for his tenure as the towel-biting coach of the Running Rebels. Excuse me. Um, he created lifelong bonds with his players, and to pay homage to their legendary coach, five players from the 1990 UNLV National Championship team decided to get matching tattoos celebrating that accomplishment and paying respect to their friend, mentor, and coach. Larry Johnson, Stacy Ogman, Anderson Hunt, Moses Scurry, and Chris Jeter went to a local tattoo shop in Las Vegas, and their tattoo reads, UNLV 1990 National Champions, above a picture of a basketball with the score of the Rebels title game victory over Duke below it. And inside the ball is the phrase, rest in peace, Coach Tark, with his date of birth and date of death. Um, you know, and I'm, that's, that's kind of cool that, you know, yeah. he was able to form this bond with these players and they're not the only players that you know he formed a special relationship with they're just you know they're most notable because they won the national championship game in 1990 over a heavy, heavily favored duke team yeah um duke's duke's favorite every time they're in the yeah national duke's, championship. duke's favorite in almost every game they play yeah them and and university of north carolina yeah they can definitely play play basketball down there in in, in the great state of north carolina um but yeah I, I just thought it was cool that these guys did that to pay respect for um coach Coach Tark. I I, I, see, I I looked at the uh, tattoo. It's it's really good. Yeah, it really looks uh, cool. Um, and I like 
you know, how you can tell different guys put a different spin on it, yeah. or where they put it on their body, and some of them change the font a little bit. Uh, they look they look really cool. They look really awesome. Yes, yes. Uh, from a guy from a, from a guy who does have who does have tattoos, and I sometimes I do hang out in tattoo shops. It really does look cool. Yeah, really, really, truly does. And it's it's really good thing to pay pay homage to him. Yeah, it really is. You know, like I said, it's he he you know played an intricate part in these young men's life. You know, at an early age in college. You know, they they he's definitely he was definitely a really good coach. Yeah, and uh, what it appears to be an even better person. Okay. On February fourteenth, twenty fifteen, Paris Saint Germain uh, played against Kane at Parc des Princes. Uh, for most players, this game was just another day on the job. For Zoltan Ibrahimovic, this was his most important game to date. Underneath his sweater, he had fifty new names tattooed. We have another tattooed story. Names of people he never met, but uh, still wanted to keep close. Names of some of the 805 million people suffering from the hunger today. These people don't often make the front page. Yet hunger, hunger and malnutrition are the number one risk to health worldwide. Greater than AIDS, malaria, and tuberculosis combined. Yeah, um, you know, he... he this, did, is the, this is the only good story that came out, came out of soccer. <laughs> He, I, that's why I put this in here for you, so maybe it'd take the sour taste of soccer out of your mouth. Um, but you know, he he did this. He he, and they were they're temporary tattoos. He got them done, um, and they're the fifty names of just people he'll he'll never meet more than likely. Just fifty names. Um, so that you know, and he did it to combat world hunger to kind of get you know because most people, if you're not thinking about it, you're you're sitting there thinking, okay, well I've been hungry before. It's not that big of a deal. But, you know, oh, no. it's, it's, it's a huge deal when, when people, when children are starving to death and when families can't afford to feed their, you know, feed, feed themselves. And, um, you know, so, so I'm glad that a high-profile athlete um, like this guy took the time to do this. And he got penalized for it. He drew a yellow, yellow card for it. Yeah. And with, the drawing, with him drawing a yellow card, um, if he draws another one, he could miss, I do believe, a, a postseason game later in the year if he draws another yellow card. So I mean, he he stands a risk to you know really hurt his team, but I think given the chance to do it over again, he he'd, he'd more than likely do it. So yeah. you know that's uh, just big ups to um, Paris Saint Germain soccer team, and then Zoltan Ibrahimovic for uh, for doing that. You you didn't have to, you did it. Awesome for you. Oh yeah, it, I I, I they. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard me say on this show a lot about a lot of bad stuff about soccer, but that that does that that's probably one of uh, the good stories that came out of soccer, and maybe the only one on this show. Uh, okay, there you go. Having a little bit of technical difficulties. Oh, it's uh, me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Sorry, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, "Come on, read it." <laughs> <laughs> I was, so, like, I was like, what are you doing? Some people have strange hobbies or are huge super fans. This next story is both. Or is the later, excuse me. Most people wouldn't think twice about owning a star athlete's autographed cleats or shoes. Conversely, most people wouldn't be that interested in owning their favorite athlete's socks. So where does a used cast fall on the spectrum? RG3 auctioned off the cast he briefly wore last season after dislocating his ankle and had no shortage of bidders. Having the entire Washington uh, Redskins team sign the cast certainly didn't hurt its chances, however, but we were still a little surprised when it sold for $1,522. First, it was on the guy's foot for a while, 
which seems a little gross. Second, it's a memento for a pretty tumultuous season for both Griffin and the Washington faithful. The saving grace is that the proceeds went straight to charity, but it all seems like a weird thing to want, to, but to each his own, I guess. Um, would you buy a cast of Peyton Manning? Nope. No? No, no. I'll, I'll pass on that. That's me. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd buy a cast. The, the jerseys are even kind of nasty. Like, yeah. I, I mean, would, I would buy a jersey, but then I would wash it. What? Uh, I would have. I would be like, okay, dude, give me like five minutes. I'm gonna go wash this, and then you can sign it. Okay, give me five minutes. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm, dude, 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 I'm a friggin' germaphobe. Okay, <laughs> that's me. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm a huge Ravens fan. If I had a chance to get a Raven, like a Ray Lewis, or just anybody that plays for the Ravens, like one of their jerseys, I would have a really hard time taking a game worn jersey, um, just because of the stench, probably. Because I mean. You know, I've played football, and, and you sweat. You oh, yeah. sweat. You guys spit on the field. Guys puke on the field. Guys bleed on the field. That's all on your jersey. Yeah. You, and then you're going to go and hang it up. And, I mean, I'm sure it's after a while, and it's depending on what you hang it in. I'm sure, like, if you put it up in a frame, the stench would probably eventually quit coming out. Yeah, it's like, dude, just give me a second. I'm going to put hand sanitizer all over this. <laughs> go spray everything down with Febreze and yeah, hang it up. I have like three cans of Febreze <laughs> and a four, two in each hand. And like, I'll just have like a, a funnel of hand sanitizer. Your rail going down. Yeah, just soaking it. And I'm just like looking like something off the good and the bag, bad and the ugly. Cleaning this jersey. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, you, that, you, know this, not, you know what this reminds me of? What? Family Guy. Mean Joe Green. And Peter. And it's like it. a Coke commercial. Yeah. yeah. He's in there and he just, here, Peter, throws his jersey at him. Jock strap. Yeah. Throws his jock strap and everything at him. That's, I, I could see owning a, a jersey or even cleats, anything like that, but a cast, not, wouldn't, yes, but I don't, I mean, I don't know. I get, I don't know, I guess. But, but it was signed by the whole Washington Yeah, Redskins that's kind of cool. And, but, and it's unique. It's unique. How many people can be like, oh, I've got a cast signed by the Redskins. Yeah, you know, so, but yeah, like the like it says at the end, teach their own. So it's like, yeah, I got cast signed by the Redskins. I got a football signed by my high school football coach. I feel more sanitized with this. <laughs> okay. Furthermore, the longest NHL game ever played a, a uh, played occurred during the 1936 Stanley World Cup Finals between the Detroit Red Red Wings, be, beating the Montreal Marins. Maroons one to nothing after a hundred and seventy six minute minutes and thirty seconds. I had to look this up, look up rules mm-hmm. for hockey, and they're they they're supposed to only have three periods lasting twenty minutes. This is the reason why we had they they put they in the t- they did that. No, this is the reason why they put in the draw rule. Yeah, this this whole thing right here, but this has nothing to do with it. That pales in comparison to what a group of hockey lovers accomplished over the last 10 days in Sherwood Park, Alberta, Canada. An outdoor rink saw 40 players, including former NHLer Janine Ninma, set a Guinness World Record by playing for 250 consecutive hours, rough conditions, and all. The final score, Team Red, 2,161, topped over Team White, 2,062 points. Most importantly, the world's longest hockey game raised over a million dollars for the Alberta Cancer Foundation. The money will go towards purchasing a $2.5 million PET MRI scanner 
a machine that can help find cancer in early stages. And one of the things when I was looking at this, um, this is not the first world's longest hockey game. No. Um, not even the, the one for the Stanley Cup in the 1930s. The first, the first NHL, or the first world's longest hockey game took place, I think it was something like 10 years ago, and they raised uh, money for pediatric cancer treatment. And, um, but this one, it was kind of cool, the technology that they used. Um, they wore, the players wore chips. No. In their helmets or in their pads, some somewhere on their body they wore chips, so that way people who were keeping track of it could monitor how men, how like when they'd go in and shifts and play to ensure that all these people played in this actual game. Uh, and so that's that's really awesome. I know the Guinness Book of World Records is it's trying to confirm that this this did happen. It's legit. So hopefully hopefully we'll get a confirmation on that in the not too distant future. But that's awesome that they raised you know almost half of the money they needed. For to purchase this, you know, this very expensive piece of equipment to help battle cancer, and cancer's cancer's a terrible disease, and uh, I'm glad that you know sports, you know, is able to get out there and and help add add money to the yeah. research. Yeah. And that's all I have for snap jabs. Um, actually, I, I got two. All righty. Okay, I got two. Uh, the first one uh, we talked briefly about this off the air. Um, a Kazakhstanian uh, volleyball player. I, I do believe this is either in Snap Jazz or Bad News. It's I wanted to put it in here because I found it. I, I, I looked it up yesterday, mm-hmm. just me fiddling around on the Internet. But a Kazakhstani volleyball player is basically being kicked off of her team. I don't know how old this story is, by the way. Don't quote me on that. Uh, is being kicked off of her team for her good looks. She is being kicked. Uh, the, the coach says that she cannot... None of the other players can perform, or the fans are even paying attention to the game uh, because of this woman. I looked at the picture of her. She is not what they're all cracked up to be. She's not that. No, she's it's not that pretty. No, no. She, she, she. Trust me, she's really attractive. Uh huh. But she's like, you know, some of these uh, female athletes that look really attractive, and then you put them beside a, a supermodel, and you're just like, no, you're not. Yeah. And, but she's no, like. Our volleyball team players are a lot more attractive than this than this woman. <laughs> like they are. Our volleyball players are are more attractive than this one. But th- don't get me wrong; she's attractive, but she's not what sh- what everybody's cracked up to be. <laughs> they say you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder, though. So I don't know. Okay. I mean, like, Kazakhstan probably don't got that many. Well, that's one of the things. Like depending on where you live and like what you like, some people may think like you know. Red hair is a beauty, beautiful trait. While other countries, they'd be like, "Oh my god, that's that's disgusting, that's ugly." Yeah. Or like some cultures, you know, like their women to be, you know, bigger women. Yeah. And that's beautiful to them, but then others, it's ugly. And then like Chinese culture, you know, they used to bind feet and basically bend the foot backwards to where they're like walking like kind of on a hoof. And to them, that was beautiful. But to everybody else, it's like that's kind of sick and disgusting. So I mean, again, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So. You know, maybe maybe uh, she this, does it for this, this from is, the Kazakhstan. <laughs> this, this is the uh, the the country that Borat was based out of. So you know, they don't they probably don't got that many good looking women over there. That and that's probably why. Furthermore, I have one more. Um, this one involves JJ Watt. I don't know if you heard about it. I know we haven't covered it on this show before, but uh, I do believe this is during the uh, football season. I just found this uh, story out a couple weeks ago. I was wanting to bring it onto the show, mm-hmm. but then we, you know, we've had problems and everything getting into the studio, so I'm bringing it on here now. Um, 
this little kid, he's about eight or nine years old, uh, plays on the Pee Wee team, mailed J.J. Watt his jersey mm-hmm. and left him a letter that said, when I turn pro, you're going to be glad I gave you this. <laughs> Done that to him. That's pretty awesome. And J.J. Watt respected this kid's guts because we all know J.J. Watt is a very scary-looking man. Uh-huh. Uh, he sent him his cleats, signed cleats and signed jersey. That's awesome. And was like, here, take this. And the the dad went on to say that he is so glad that his son has a role model like that that is that friendly and that nice. Uh-huh. And I, I think I do believe also even the even uh, JJ Watt invited the kid to come to Houston That's for cool. a game, That's like, cool. like like on the sidelines. So the I guess to basically hang out with them. That's really awesome. That's but really I, awesome. I I have respect for this kid's guts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's got a lot of tenacity. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you gotta you gotta reach for the stars. Oh yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> but um, I think that is gonna do it for us today on the Triple Name Sports Show. Thank you for joining us. It's uh, again, it's been it's been good to finally get back in the studio. We've had you know I've had my daughter be sick, um, and then the weather pushes back this week as well. But um, again, just want to thank thank you for listening. Uh, you can check us out on Podbean. Where you can check us out on Twitter. Our my personal account is pad, at pageantdad88, and I'm Aaron Lynch Kelly. And mine is at El Jefe Loco ninety five. I do believe. I do believe so. And yeah, then, I, have, I haven't been on Twitter very much. I've been trying to like wing myself off of Twitter. <laughs> and then also, you can reach our show on Twitter at. AM in the PM 1067. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, Triple Name Sports Show as well. We're also a member of the Mopcast Network. Um, go ahead and check out some of the other great shows on there as well. And without that, or with, and with that, uh, that's going to end our show. Um, busy weekend upcoming for us. We've got a couple state games, um, basketball games, and the end of the Mountain East Conference uh, regular season basketball is, is quickly approaching. Uh, So without further ado, I'm going to play a little trombone shorty. Get us out of here. Have a great day. Mobcast Network.